Today's gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we thank you for Zacchaeus. We thank you for his desire to seek Jesus. And so we pray that this story that we've heard many times would stir in us something new and something life-changing so that we can be your witness to the world. All these things we pray. Amen. I know that it's happened to you like it has happened to me. On the day that you're running late, the fastest route to your destination is being occupied by that one single lost semi. The one that is slowly meandering down the same road you need to be on. The one that has no knowledge of the injustice it's causing you and is making you later than you already will be. You know the frustration and anxiety of being stuck behind a semi. Of course, there are lots of different responses to this. I, of course, have only heard of folks tailgating them <laughs> or yelling at them or tossing their hands up in the air or even cursing them. I have to assume that those are normal responses and that I must be the exception. Because I normally just sit there in my car with a smile on my face all patient and serene-like. <laughs> or while driving on 74, do you ever speed up to get around a semi before the orange traffic barrels hem you in behind it? When Kathy gets too close to them, the draft they produce causes the whole car to move around sporadically, and the vacuum it produces plays games with my eardrums, right? If you... Sometimes, 
getting stuck behind a semi just happens because of unexpected traffic patterns. Like when a semi is coming onto the highway off of the entrance ramp and it just happens that they, you know, the timing is just that you have to be there at the same time. Sometimes we end up behind a semi because of our own poor decisions. Like when you're trying to speed around a vehicle and you pull over into it and you misjudge the distance between uh, the car that you're passing and the semi in the other lane and you end up stuck right behind that semi. And you have to wait there until all of the other, all the other cars that have accumulated have to pass you and the semi and then you can begin. Sometimes we end up behind a semi just because we're not paying attention. The road signs, the lull that sets in from the rhythm of driving, daydreaming, watching the corn and the beans, all of them can make us lose track of what we're doing, and all of a sudden we find ourselves right behind that semi. And I'm going to be honest here. When the possibility of getting stuck behind a semi presents itself, I really do do all in my power, or at least my vehicle's power, to speed up to get around them. Seriously, just because I can't stand it when it blocks my view. That's the biggest thing for me. I like to, to see where I am and where I'm headed. I like to see when and where my exits are any upcoming lane shifts, and when my son is driving, I really like it when he can see the speed limit signs. <laughs> In this parable, Zacchaeus gets stuck behind a semi. Okay, maybe not a literal semi, but the crowd of people in front of him did the exact same thing as semis do. In Luke 19, 3 through 4, it says this. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. Zacchaeus was short, and so he was going to have problems seeing Jesus anyway. But the crowd of people didn't help anything either, did it? We might have expected a little bit of common crowd courtesy. Like when we step aside for a little kid to see something. There's this sort of subliminal recognition that someone short is coming and that the nice thing to do would be to let them by so that they too can see what we all are looking at. But from our text, the crowd was unwavering. There might have been a reason for the crowd to behave this way, though. You have to remember last week when we learned that the tax collector was an absolutely detestable human being to the Israelites. Their corrupt collecting practices and abuse of power made them rich, rich from the people that were standing in the crowd. And we know that Zacchaeus, as a chief tax collector was among the best of the best. He very easily might have been the most despised person in all of Jericho. 
I have to wonder if he wasn't being intentionally hassled by the crowd. I can picture them, when they see him coming, closing in the gaps so that he couldn't see Jesus. So that he couldn't get close enough to peer through. And so I wonder if he had had enough of the jostling and blocking and simply ran behind the crowd to a place further on down the parade route and, to make sure that he could see, swung himself up on one of the low-lying branches of the sycamore tree. I've read these verses many times in my life, just like you have heard them. And I can even remember singing the little kid song about Zacchaeus. Anybody know it? Anybody want to sing it? So you have heard this before. (laughs) But this was the first time I noticed the crowd. Or at least felt something about the crowd. And what spoke to me this week was how the crowd kept him from seeing Jesus. Zacchaeus was stuck behind the crowd and he couldn't see Jesus. He couldn't see the healer. He couldn't see the redeemer. He couldn't see the savior. Sometimes it happens to all of us that we get stuck behind a similar crowd and it's not really any fault of our own. We just end up there. It's like when we notice off in the distance that we'll be forced to make a decision and that decision draws us away from a life that we love. For example, today we have to decide whether we want our youth to play in Sunday sports or miss church. I'm really glad that I don't have to do that now. Youth Sports Sunday crowd, and then we spend our time straining our necks trying to find Jesus. Sometimes we end up behind the crowd because of our own poor decisions, like when we think the movers and shakers or the crowd that has the loudest voice are headed in a direction that pulls us too. Even though we know it's going to be a bad decision, we go down that road anyway. Sometimes it's not okay to take that first puff. It's not okay to take that first drink. It's not okay at whatever it is the crowd is telling us is okay to do. Being stuck behind the crowd can mess with our eardrums and disorient us enough that we take our eyes 
off of who and what we're supposed to be and we lose sight of the beautiful life God already has for us, a life that doesn't include all of those popular temptations. Sometimes we get stuck behind the crowd just because we're not paying attention, because we're busy looking at the world go by or, we're, or we've lost in our, we're lost in our own minds off thinking about what we have coming up next. Just by watching others live their lives or forgetting to live our own or daydreaming about what we want in life when, and when we end up behind the crowd, we can't see where we need to get off the exit to find the path that has already been laid out before us, a divine path, a path full of goodness and blessings, the path that God has actually equipped you and trained you and called you to go on. So we get stuck behind a crowd and we can't see or we lose sight of Jesus Christ. But there's something really wonderful about this parable, and it comes in verses 5 and 10. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And then in verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. To seek out and to save the lost. Sometimes we get stuck behind a crowd. We strain our necks trying to see what we can't see. We miss the life intended for us because we can't see to get off the road we're on. But all along the way of that journey, Jesus is looking for us too. Jesus is actively seeking us out when we can't find him on our own. And then, and then look at what happened to Zacchaeus when they came into contact with each other. Zacchaeus gave half of his possessions to the poor and promised to repay his illegal transactions four times as much. In this time, when that happened, the standard was one and a half times. Zacchaeus went four times as much. His life, the life he was leading, was upended, turned completely upside down, and he was saved. The word lost in the last verse refers to the process of finding someone and restoring that person to his or her rightful place. Jesus seeks out and restores. Jesus seeks out and restores us to our rightful places. He's just so good, isn't he? And so you might be sitting there thinking that you already have found him and he has found you. And indeed, your life has been changed. That is awesome, right? It feels good to not have to worry about being stuck behind anything. But do you know someone who is? If you do, maybe you can push your way into the crowd. And when you see this person trying to find 
a healer, a redeemer, a savior, maybe just then you can make a hole. Maybe you could step aside and let that person rush through in between you and the rest of the crowd so they can have a front row. So they too can come face to face to the same healer, redeemer, savior that has changed your life. And then we can let Jesus change their life too. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we thank you for we thank you for the crowd that gathers in front of us so that we can recognize that we can't see when we seek you out and we desire to be in front of you and to have a relationship and we just can't see you, we thank you, God, for always Jesus Christ who is seeking us out too. God, we pray that as our lives interact with Jesus's, that our lives would always be changed and that we would always be faithful to you. And we pray, God, for those who have not yet found, for those who Jesus is still seeking. And we pray that in whatever way you would use us to open up a path back to you. All these things we pray. Amen.